2: Hey Warmer Brother Low, welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Ghost Cut with myself, Greg Abes Peterson, now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. And you've got a great podcast for you guys. We're gonna be joined in segment number two by one of our good friends, Kevin Sweeney. He does amazing work over at Sports Illustrated AKSI, and he put together a ranking of all 362 Division I teams. I don't know if that's out right now or if that's gonna be out within the next few days, but. He certainly had quite the undertaking there, so we're going to be asking about teams that he's feeling a little bit more bullish slash bearish on as he had to do that just absolutely Herculean assignment that he was able to complete. On top of that, we are going to be diving in and taking a look at what to make out of some of these scrimmage results, some of the key injuries to be watching out for for the start of the season as well. Kevin does such an incredible work on this front, end. I believe that we're going to hit a little bit on Cincinnati and the fact that they had a pair of waivers to for Jamayo Reynolds along with Aziz Bandango. So I mean, you're going to be chatting with our good friend Kevin in segment number two. Here in segment number one, just going to give you guys what well, we've all seen over the last 24 hours in college basketball. It's not very much. Didn't really see a lot of injury news. We saw most of it more towards Tuesday slash Wednesday. So this is going to be a shorter first segment. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, go because go you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we have for those in. First one is my Twitter Slash X timeline at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind letters here. Yeah. I mean, Amy does not matter. So as for usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And we really didn't get in a lot of Twitter slash X questions over the last 24 to 48 hours. So I answered a few earlier on in the week as to why I'm just not really one for taking a look at futures, what have you. And we did see one piece of news from the last 24 hours in that Wyoming they had such bad injury luck last season, and looks like it's continuing. Mason Walters, one of the big guys that they had transfer up from the non-D1 level at the NAIA level, he was at Jamestown College. He's averaging 26.5 points per contest at six foot nine. Was popping threes at about a 37.5 percent clip. He had to feel like his numbers of 26.5 points, nine and a half boards, a little bit over three assists per game. I mean, guy was just, just absolutely stuff the set. He turned your two blocks per contest. They were going to be. He diminished just a little bit, but he's going to miss at least an on-conference portion of the season due to a thumb issue, so Jeff Linder over there at Wyoming get a little bit of the short end of the stick and these are really the things I do want to be taking a look at right now because I've completed all 32 conference previews if you miss any of those, if you're getting your podcast through any sort of a podcast provider, Apple Podcasts Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on I list which conference I preview in the title so you're able to sort through all of those and you've got those all locked and loaded for you but I do think that it is very important to just try to get as much intel as humanly possible for night number one and things like may of Walters being out of the fold. It is something that I'm going to try to stress the next two weeks on this podcast before we do get to opening night. And a man that is going to get us set for opening night is going to be helping us out. That would be our good friend Kevin Sweeney. He does amazing work over at Sports Illustrated. He ranked all these 362 D1 teams. We're going to be taking a look at the injury front for some of these star players. We're also going to be taking a look at what to make out of some of these secret scrimmage results as well. That's up next All right here on with myself, Dragon
0: Spears, and now Bart, and Family Titans. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade.
3: Sports Betting Innovative Analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at sbia1.com today.
2: Greg, you're you here, Lovey Las Vegas, for Costa Coutts with myself, Greg Gibson Peterson. Now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by this man as Kevin Sweeney is doing absolutely excellent work over at SI Sports Illustrated. Take a look at this game that we all know and love of college basketball. He does great work on that front. Couple with that, I know he does a lot of NBA draft scouting as well. So he's very much going to be looking at the future NBA stars of tomorrow as he takes a look at. All the tremendous play that we're going to be getting in college basketball this season. I know that Kevin has been hard at work ranking every single team in college basketball for this upcoming season. I know that over on SI.com as well. He's been doing a lot of his conference previews as well. And to be able to follow Kevin on Twitter slash X as at CBB underscore central. And Kevin. It's always a
3: pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me as always, Greg. Great to catch up.
2: Always great to have you aboard, Kevin. And Kevin, we are just a little bit over two weeks away from the start of the college basketball season. Cannot come soon enough. And we're starting to get a little bit of a taste of college basketball with regards to some of these scrimmages. But what do you make out of them? Because we know that there is a lot of super fans of their favorite team on Twitter slash X said, Every time they see their team win a scrimmage, they're thinking, oh, it's the Final Four for us this year and everything like that. And I would advise a lot of those fans to pump the brakes just a little bit. But I do think that there can be some takeaways from these scrimmages, but I think that they go beyond the final score themselves and rather player usage and things of that nature. I'm not sure what you take away from scrimmage, but I think diving into them a little bit more is much more important than the actual final score.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, Greg. I think the best way to approach it is to, as particularly the concerns you might have about a team on paper, see how those wind up looking in a box score from a one-game sample, right? So, like, I remember several years ago, the Anthony Edwards Georgia team. And the thing I said to myself preseason was like, I think they're talented, but I don't know how they're gonna take care of the basketball. And you looked up at their first scrimmage, I think it was a D2 game, they just really struggled to take care of the basketball. They had 20 turnovers in that game. And that was the alarm bell for me to like, okay, like I need to I need to take this as seriously as I thought. So to me that's really what I'm looking for, right? Obviously it's great to see, oh, you know, who won, who lost. Results. You know, everybody wants to hype up individual scoring performances, whatever. But to me, the, the thing I'm really hunting for early, and I think to a degree you're doing this early in the season as well, is just what are the big picture concerns you might have had about a team and how is that manifesting itself once you actually get into game action?
2: Absolutely. And how do you read some of the rotations that we see as well? Because we know that there are some coaches that they're going to take these scrimmages as if it's like, for lack of a better term, to use the NFL phrase in game one of the preseason where they're just trying things out. They're trying to see, all right, if I mix X and Y, does that produce a good result out there on the court? And then I'm sure that there are some coaches that they take it more like back when we had four NFL preseason games, like that dress rehearsal game number three. They want to be taking it as if it were an actual game, they're taking it very seriously. And I always think that that's one of the biggest things to try to dissect as well. One of the most difficult things as well, because I do think that coaches' motivation and what they want to see in these scrimmages can sometimes be very vastly different.
3: I agree with you there. And I think it's particularly hard when you're dealing with the secret one where there's no video footage, right? There's a lot of variety in terms of how the games are played. And I think sometimes there's kind of an agreement between the two coaches. Hey, we're going to make sure we get some of these bench guys onto the floor here early on and I think that's what makes it hard to really talk too much about rotation so I try not to look at it too too much but if a team has been floating playing multiple bigs and you see it a lot okay that's an interesting sign you know as a freshman playing more minutes you might expect yeah that's an interesting sign but not too much otherwise
2: yeah Ben a little bit of a side note I always have a little bit of a chuckle when they call it a secret scrimmage when there's a whole bunch of video there's like hundreds and hundreds of media members there it's like yeah this was a really bad kept secret here guys so there's always that as well as Kevin Sweeney does amazing work over at Sports Illustrated. is showing to be right here on Coast to Coast Supes. And certainly something that is lingering coming into the season, and I do think it's very important, is taking a look at some of these injuries because I feel like the biggest two right now to monitor, Donovan Klingon over at UConn and Smith, over at Mississippi State. There are certainly quite a few others that I'm sure we'll hit in a few minutes, but just taking a look first things first at the Donovan Klingon issue for UConn, how do you gauge this? Because with the timetable for his return, if UConn wants to, they probably can be able to throw him out there for that game against Northern Arizona, but I do take a look at the way that the schedule lines up for UConn. I think that would be beneficial to just make sure he is fully 100% and not rush him out there on the court because they're playing the likes of Northern Arizona, Mississippi Valley State, Stonehill, schools like this. And I do think that for an injury to happen to Donovan Klingon, this is honestly the best time because I do think that UConn can play this however they want and be very cautious and safe about
3: it. I agree with you. I think they are going to try, you would think, to get some game reps in, even if it's you know, 10, 15 minutes a game early on, just to get them comfortable. To me, I think that's important. But you're right. I mean, look, if he misses Northern Arizona – UConn will be fine. Mrs. Stonehill, UConn will be fine. It might have, honestly, the biggest impact on the potential National Player of the Year race, and obviously Klingon is a potential candidate in that regard, if if he has the type of year that a lot of people are projecting. That, to me, would be the bigger impact. You know, to Lose three games off the top, lose a little bit of the early chances for hype and excitement, but I wouldn't be super concerned long-term beyond the fact that, look, yes, big men, foot injuries, that can be scary. It's been scary for other guys, but from what I've gathered with this one, it is a more short-term deal, and they can kind of nurse him back to health as they feel appropriate.
2: Yeah, Ben, I do think that that is of the benefit to UConn. Meanwhile, for Mississippi State, they are going to be playing some tough games towards the beginning part of the year. And we know that they're going to be without Tolu Smith for a few of them. It sounds like they're targeting very early in conference play for him to come back, but that is still a little bit TBD. I think that this is really the biggest injury in all of college basketball right now because Tolu Smith was really the heart and soul of that Mississippi State team, one of which – Made the NCAA tournament despite the fact that they just could not throw a grape in the ocean last year with regards to their shooting. That shows you how great their defense was. But I think gauging this injury is going to be very important because I feel like there's a big logjam in the middle of the SEC. I think that Tennessee, probably that top team coming in along Texas A&M. And then you've got a lot of teams that they're sort of like fringe top 25 slash Barely in the top twenty-five of teams, and I can see Mississippi State being one of them if Tolu Smith is healthy. But without Tolu Smith, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for Mississippi State towards beginning part of the season.
3: Yeah, and from what I've gathered, there is a level of concern that this could be longer term. I don't know for sure. You know, obviously they're hopeful that he will recover quickly, but these things can be very finicky. We saw this last year with Graham Eke at Wyoming. It's It's a foot sprain, and then it's, oh, it's a month. It's another month. It's another month, and there it goes. So I would be very concerned. I will say they have a very good backup in Jimmy Bell. Jimmy Bell would be the starter for a lot of teams that were recruiting him in the portal. He was a starter last year at West Virginia. That helps. And I think they've improved the roster around Toby Smith from last year. Last year, he would have looked and said, this thing falls apart quickly without him. They just wouldn't have been able to score. This year, the shooting that they've added, whether it's Josh Hubbard, the freshman, The Juco kid that they brought into a big-time shooter or Andrew Taylor from Marshall who could really fill it up from beyond the arc. I think they're a little more balanced, a little better guard play. Those things will, I think, make a big difference. To me, it's just a matter of, okay, without Tolu, do you have a guy that you can go to to get buckets in in close games? And if they don't, it could hurt them in in a very crowded middle of the SEC.
2: Yep, I think so as well. And I think that that is certainly going to be one to monitor as Kevin Sweeney, who does amazing work over at Sports Illustrated, is joining me right here on Coast, Coast Soup. And what are a few of the other ones that you're monitoring? Because I know that over the last few days, we have seen quite a few out there in the ACC, Tabari Monsanto and what he's dealing with, with Wake Forest. I don't think that that could be slept upon at all. This is a guy that shoots it very well from three-point ranges, in my opinion, one of the more critical players for Wake Forest, someone like a Jack Clark over at Clemson. I think that that's worth monitoring. And I was seeing something on Mark Sears with a little bit of a growing issue as well. I think that that is something that, if that lingers for Alabama, that would be putting them behind the eight ball a little bit. But are there a few others that you are taking a look at? Because we are seeing more and more of these injury concerns start to trickle out. And as we know, with college basketball, sometimes when you see something towards the beginning part of the season and it might be a case where they're saying, ah, oh, a guy's going to be out like opening night. It can certainly linger a whole heck of a lot longer than that.
3: Yeah, I don't have a ton that I'm watching yet because, again, it's early and a lot of the nagging type injuries are things that will get sorted out here over the next couple weeks but that is definitely one value in box score watching some of these exhibitions and secret scrimmages is to see okay is there anybody out and then get some questions answered i know there's a couple of guys who haven't been released publicly yet who have bumps and bruises i know there's a concussion out there that was mentioned to me off the record in the big 12 that's worth monitoring so things like that i hesitate to mention them now but i think certainly as you get towards the first you know as you approach the first week and get to November 1st, I think you start saying, okay, who are we going to be missing on opening night when we start seeing some of these games?
2: And, I mean, it's just one of the most difficult things as well. You look no further than college football. I know that this is obviously a college football reference here, but, like, E.J. Warner at Temple, he was, like, rolled out 30 minutes before the start of the team's <laughs> game on Saturday, and it's like, as those of us that listen to the show as betters, were just like, what the heck are we supposed to do, not knowing anything, because yes. that was not released publicly. And I think that that is one of the biggest issues with regards to trying to be able to handicap forward with regards to college basketball, because like Kevin, you have your finger on the pulse of college basketball. you got so many great contacts, but there's always going to be something that schlubs like us always miss, and it's always one of the most difficult things when it comes to taking a look at teams coming into the year, because there's always something with a few teams that you just don't know until opening night.
3: A hundred percent, and I think the other thing too with it obviously is that a lot of coaches like it that way. They know that early on they have the chance to catch people by surprise, mostly the opponent, right? And that's the main goal. It's like, all right, like we're playing. How would we put out an injury if we can if we can force a team to do a little extra prep on somebody? Whether that game switch actually works, I don't know. But coaches like to do it and it makes them feel important. So it continues.
2: Yep, it certainly does. And unlike the NFL, you get no injury report yes. when it comes to college sports. So I mean that's the beauty and the pain of it. As Kevin Sweeney does amazing work over at Sports Illustrated. is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Supes and Kevin, I know that your big offseason project was taking a look and ranking all 362 D1 teams. Now, I know you're doing a great job with your individual conference previews as well, but with this endeavor, no doubt about it, you have to dive into a lot of information and you have to take a look at a lot of good teams and then. You get the joy of taking a look at teams like the old Delta Devils of Mississippi Valley State in all of your research, putting together that one through 362 list. Are there a few teams, because I'm sure that there are, that after you did your research, you're feeling a little bit more bullish slash a little bit more bearish on?
3: At the high level, I think Auburn has a chance to be really good. I I think people are starting to catch on, but... That's a team that the more you look at it, the more you like. Now, obviously, some questions at the point guard spot with Holloway and Trey Donaldson. Who wins that job? How do they look? As well as Denver Jones, the two, you know, another guy is a transfer up. What does this production look like? But the front court's awesome. You have a great coach in Pearl. I mean, to me, that's a team that's maybe a little bit undervalued nationally right now. In the mid-major world, you know, the more I look at Colorado State, the more I like them. Their transfers, the reviews on them have been outstanding. Neat Clifford from Colorado has been a big impact for them in practice. Joel Scott, the Division II transfer, has been amazing for them and filled in as, a, as that power forward that they didn't have last year. So they're really optimistic. at the team, I think, that is sneakily right in the mix to win a Mountain West championship, right with San Diego State, New Mexico, and Boise. And then I'm trying to think into, into the lower levels. I really like Bright State. I know that there's a lot of excitement there with a the Tanner Holden waiver, but I mean that team was not far away last year. They have a ton of talent. They have a proven coach. I mean, in Holden, you're getting back a guy who is very clearly in the player of the year conversation. And that's just hard to find at this level. So I think Wright State has a chance to be that one big league team that's really scary as maybe a 13 or 14 seed Tom March.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I felt like with Wright State, if they didn't get Tanner Holden to be able to have that waiver, they'd probably be like number three, maybe number four in the conference. But I shot them up to number one with that Tanner Holden waiver. And I would say that that's one of the biggest ones that we saw. Just all throughout college basketball. And I know that there are a few other ones that are lingering, like the Raquan battle one, I think is the biggest one that is still out there for West Virginia because I not only, from a talent perspective, they just need depth in general with everything that's happened to them. During the offseason, but would you say that that was one of the biggest waiver decisions of this offseason? Because I don't think that necessarily with regards to Wright State, it necessarily registers for a lot of people. But I think that that could be the difference between Wright State winning and not winning the conference.
3: Totally swings the Horizon Grace. To me, it was a top five waiver. I think one of the other really big ones that was just decided on, at least initially, is the Aziz Bandago and Jamil Reynolds, but I think particularly Bandago. Cincinnati, that was a really critical decision. They instantly denied them early. West Miller seems confident they can get it overturned, or at least seems hopeful that the system will prevail properly in his favor. He believes that these were pretty cut and dry. The case was was very clear for those guys to be eligible. They were not cleared initially. We'll see what happens there. But those ones, to me, would be critical denials for Cincinnati particularly in the Big 12. I think their whole team was really built around we've got all this front court depth, we've got this athleticism, we're going to be able to dominate the rim. You lose those two guys, I think it's really going to change how they play and put a lot of pressure on those young guards.
2: Yep, I do think so, and with Cincinnati really rough for them to have both guys get denied a waiver and we shall see what happens, and do you think that there's going to be a lot of guys that were denied a waiver that are going to be able to get these overturned? Because I know that with regards to college football, I'm forgetting the name of the North Carolina wide receiver, but that was one that was really at the forefront. He was denied at first, and I believe that his got overturned, though. That happened in season. And yes. Do you think that there is a possibility that we see some of these teams like Cincinnati deal with these guys being on the fold in non-conference play, but maybe they get overturned and like, December, January, much like we were seeing in college football.
3: Yeah, I certainly think that's possible, partially because the NCAA has a backlog of these things to get through. And the other thing is that a lot of college basketball teams were pretty deliberate in filing the waivers, waiting a little bit later with the hope of getting some information from football and other sports in the fall. And then using that information to best tailor the waiver to what the NCAA has been clearing. I know I just saw that Femio De Calle at New Mexico State, his waiver was only filed last week to give you an idea. So, you know, it's not as though these things have been sitting out since May and June when these kids committed. In many cases, you know, this has been a slow-walked process to ensure that they get the best possible waiver case made. Because of that, I think we're going to be running right close to tip-off for a lot of these decisions, and then from there, you'll go through the appeals process, and we've seen there be some leniency in the appeal process, particularly once the school is able to provide a little bit more information that the NCAA is looking for.
2: Yep, and that is going to be something that lingers on throughout the season, which you're going to need to be taking track. We are going to need to be keeping track of that. And there's a lot of moving parts this year in college basketball. And Kevin, you're doing a great job of keeping your finger on the pulse of it. You're doing a great job of keeping up with it all. You do absolutely amazing work at Sports Illustrated. So love the good people at home. Know it's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow your work on social media and other platforms.
3: Yeah, we've got our conference previews up at SI. We've got some other content like breakout players, national play of the year picks, etc., and then that one to three sixty two article that you mentioned is is a big one. That'll be you know in the next week and a half or so before the season. I think it'll come out around November first. So keep an eye out for all that, and obviously catch me on Twitter at cbb underscore central and find me on some of the other emerging Twitter replacements as well if you're hunting for my stuff there as well. So thanks for having me, Craig.
2: Always great to be able to have Kevin aboard every single time he joins this podcast. He lends tremendous insights. So big thanks, Kevin Sweeney, for joining me right here on Costco Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you like if you're hearing from this fine podcast, Costco Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First want to see Twitter slash X timeline. Keep in mind, letters the M? they Mean Does Not Matter? So I Please usual, please send these in, in the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is always very much appreciated. From there, able to fire or whatever you'd like hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. All of our conference previews are done. We've done all 32 of them, so a lot of the hay is in the barn for getting set for the upcoming season. We're just taking a look at everything that has been happening last minute with these waivers, with these injuries, trying to get as much insight from as many great guests as humanly possible on this podcast, and a little bit over two weeks from now, you're going to be getting a podcast with picks and analysis on every single opening day game. And then from there on out, you're going to be getting every single game, every single day involving two D1 teams, because non-D1 teams, they do not get on the betting board. But that's that every game that's on the betting board, you're going to get picks and analysis on every one of them. It's going to be a great year. Always appreciate you guys tuning in on. I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you.